We are coming to the climax of 2 Timothy. It has been building into a crescendo as we've been thinking about some major themes in this book. Paul is about to die. That means Timothy is going to have to take over the ministry. The world is getting worse and worse. Difficult times are coming. False teachers are being found in abundance. So what is Timothy to do in light of all of this? How is he to handle the world getting worse and worse, false teachers abounding? And what is his primary responsibility and duty going to be when Paul passes off the scene? The answer comes in chapter 4, verse 2. Key verse, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Our theme this morning is a practical consideration of the charge to preach the word of God. This morning I have six major points with some minor subpoints, but six major points, each of them begins with the letter M. I don't do a lot of alliteration, but since I have so many points this morning, I thought it might be helpful. So we have six M's this morning to consider when we think about preaching. The first is the mandate to preach. The mandate to preach. What is Timothy to do with the word that has been entrusted to him? We have heard that the The scriptures are inspired, all scriptures given by the inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So now that Paul, uh, excuse me, Timothy is fully furnished unto every good work, what is he to do? Answer, he is to preach. Notice verse 1, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom. Now here's the main verb, preach the word. I charge you, preach the word. Paul charges Timothy to preach. A charge is a duty, a responsibility, a mandate that is to be fulfilled. So he is giving Timothy a mandate that must be fulfilled. The mandate is to preach. Preaching is the pastor's primary responsibility. There are a lot of good things that a pastor can do, but the most important, valuable, and necessary is to preach. He is not allowed for anything to distract or deter him from preaching. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Keep your finger here. We're coming right back. Acts chapter 6. In Acts chapter 6, the the church is growing. It has a great many needs. In Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it reads as follows. Now in those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists 
arose against the Jews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So the Hellenists were Greek-speaking people. The Hebrews were Hebrew-speaking Christians. And there was tension that was arising between the Greek-speaking Christians and the Hebrew-speaking Christians because the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. The daily distribution would have been foodstuffs that were given to the widows, and some were being neglected. And the people were upset, and they viewed it as perhaps a racial thing or uh, an ethnic thing that was done on purpose because of the difference between the Greek and the Hebrew. Verse 2, And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Now this wasn't in any way to deprecate this need, to think that this need wasn't important. It wasn't to diminish service and serving the Lord. But the apostles said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to serve tables at the expense of preaching the word of God. Notice verse 3. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. They weren't going to neglect it. They weren't going to obfuscate it. They weren't going to demise or diminish this responsibility, but they simply said, we're going to get somebody else to do this. We'll appoint seven people to make this right. Verse 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's what we're going to do. Notice verse 5. And when they, and what they had said pleased the whole gathering. Everybody liked that solution. Everybody was content. Notice that they had a high regard for the apostles and for preaching the word. They agreed that's the right thing to do. You preach, just be sure that this other gets done as well. And they appointed seven people for that to, to occur. The senior pastor is to be first and foremost a preacher of the word of God. It is all right to have others to assist the preaching pastor, including others on the pastoral staff whose primary responsibility is not to preach. There are many, many duties that are associated with the pastorate. And as the church gets larger, those duties increase. And it's fine to have a staff of people to take on various aspects of those duties. But it needs to be somebody's primary duty and responsibility to preach the word. And the staff ought to be seen as an assistance to that end. To give somebody the freedom of time and energy to be preparing and to be preaching the word of God. And just as the people were pleased in Acts chapter 6, the people of any congregation 
ought to be, pre- be pleased with that effort. The word preach is the word from which our English word proclaim is derived. It means to herald. A herald was a person who was entrusted by, with an authoritative message by one whose authority they were under, oftentimes a king. And a king would send out a herald to deliver the message of the king. You've probably seen some old movies uh, where there was a town crier, somebody who's standing on the street corner with a bell, and he says, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. He's ringing the bell, and he's calling people together to hear the message of the king. And then he proclaims the king's message, whatever it is that the king has said. It is that word that is used for the word to preach. He is to herald the word of God. He is to be the representative of God, if you will, declaring to the people the word of God. We might ask the question, how does preaching differ from teaching? Why even ask the question, does it? And I would submit to you, it does. It does. And it differs in a few important ways. First, there is an authoritativeness that is associated with preaching. The word of God is to be declared. It is to be, thus saith the Lord. It is to be believed and is to be obeyed. Preaching is one-sided. Preaching is not a dialogue. Preaching is not a give and take. Oftentimes in in teaching, uh, one of the ways that we might implore uh, teaching is to... uh, a Socratic method of asking questions and, and looking for responses. But heralding is announcing the word of God. While there is certainly place for teaching in the church, and there's place for discussion, and there's place for involvement of others in the ministry of the word of God, nevertheless, the word of God is to be preached. Those things are not to usurp or take away or replace the preaching of the word of God. Next, the motivation to preach the word of God. Why should we preach the word of God? Answer our accountability to God. Notice, Timothy is to preach the word knowing that he is accountable to God. God is listening when we preach. 2 Timothy 4.1, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. And the emphasis is in the here and now. Talks about a time in which he's going to judge the living and dead. But right now, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember when you are preaching that God is present. Jesus said, where I am, uh, where two or three are gathered In my name, there am I in the midst of you. When the preacher is preaching the word of God, he should never forget that God is listening. God is holding account. 
Timothy is to preach the word of God, knowing that all mankind is going to be judged. Verse, chapter 4, verse 1. Who is to judge the living and the dead? Paul said earlier, Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It has often been said that a preacher should preach as a dying man to dying people. We ought to remember that people are going to be held accountable. People are going to have to stand before God. And we need to be preaching in such a way that people are prepared and ready to give account. That they have come to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Timothy is to preach the word of God knowing the reality of that which he preaches. End of verse 1. And by his appearing in his kingdom, God is going to establish his kingdom. Jesus Christ is coming back. That which we preach is faithful, it's true. And therefore, we are to be preaching with our accountability before God. Number three, the material to be preached is the word of God. The material to be preached is the word of God. Verse two, preach the word. The word. Timothy is not merely commanded to preach but he's also commanded what to preach. It is the word of God. Preaching must be biblical. Here we have the practical application of the authority, centrality, and sufficiency of the word of God. Last week, we looked at those three ideas that come out of 2 Timothy uh, 3, 15 and following. We talked about the authority of the scriptures, we talked about the centrality of the scriptures. We talked about the sufficiency of the scriptures. Preaching must rely upon the Bible because the authority of God's word. The scripture is God's word, therefore it is authoritative. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scripture is breathed out by God. ESV. All scripture is inspired by God. King James. The authority of preaching does not reside in the preacher. The preacher is not allowed to give his opinion on life's circumstances and situations exist around the world. The preacher is not to preach from Time Magazine. The preacher is not to preach from USA Today. The preacher is not to preach from his experience. The preacher is to preach the word of God. The preacher's only authority is God's word. The preacher has no authority in himself. It is only the word that has the authority. He doesn't have the authority to change it. He doesn't have the authority uh, to replace it. The authority is the word. B, the preacher must rely upon the Bible because of the usefulness of the Word of God. Because it is profitable. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. The sufficiency of the Word of God is why it should be preached. Notice verse 17. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
It's all that you need. And then also it should be the totality of what we preach. Notice verse 2 says, preach the word. What's interesting is it doesn't say preach the words, plural, but rather preach the word. It is viewing the scriptures as a whole, as a complete entity or unity. We have the responsibility of preaching all of the word of God, or as is often referred to as the whole counsel of God. Paul writes in Acts 20, 26, Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of, of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God, which means we don't pick and choose what we preach. We don't shy away from certain doctrines. We don't obscure certain portions of Scripture. That's why I believe that it's very important that we preach expositorily, that we go verse by verse through a portion of Scripture dealing with every single verse. Not choosing what we like, not having hobby horses, not having pet peeves, not what people want to hear or not want to hear, but we preach the Word, the Scriptures, in their totality and in their accuracy. Next, we look at the moment the Word of God is to be preached. The moment. When should God's Word be preached? Answer, God's Word should always be preached. 2 Timothy 4.2 Preach the Word, be ready, and now this, in season and out of season. You know, sometimes we see shops that are closed, especially if you go down to the shore and uh, there's a, a lot of people that come just in the summertime and you may see uh, at the shore some, some small shops and a, uh, a sign that is hung in the window that says closed for the season. They're going to open up again when, when the spring and summer and the crowds come, but during the winter they're closed. Well, there's never to be a closed for the season hung on a pulpit. We're to preach the word in season and out of season. So what does that mean? Well, in season is when the time is ripe for preaching. When it seems like it's ready to bear fruit. When preaching is valued. When preaching is appreciated. When preaching is longed for. There have been various times in church history where preaching has played a very prominent role in society. In Puritan New England, preaching was highly regarded. Sermons would regularly last an hour and a half. People were pleased and contented with that, for they wanted to hear the Word of God. There was a time in which many newspapers used to actually print sermons that were offered that particular Sunday. And on the Monday, they would carry it in the newspaper, the pastor's sermon of that week. Well, there aren't too many newspapers uh, that are today uh, past, uh, uh, printing uh, 
pastor's messages. Preaching the word out of season. That's when the time comes when it does not appear to be ripe. It does not seem to be fruitful. It does not seem to be effectual. When people begin to question its value, its worth. Maybe we should try something else. Maybe we have moved beyond the time in which preaching is effectual. Preaching is out of season when people lose interest in the word of God. Notice verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. Not only will it not be appreciated, but it says it won't be tolerated. They won't endure it. They won't put up with it. They won't listen to it. We've gotten a long way from preaching an hour and a half. There are a lot of churches where a message is 10 minutes long. That's all people want. And there are a lot of things that have replaced preaching. Certainly music, to a large extent, has replaced preaching. Uh, prayer has replaced preaching. Uh, testimonies. All kinds of things have entered into the realm where preaching used to be preeminent. Because people value other things more than preaching. The imagery is of people wanting to be scratched where they itch. Notice verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears. Okay, they, Their ears are, are itching. They have certain things they want to hear. And so, notice what they do. Having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. So notice, first of all, they have these itching ears. They have things they want to hear, so they accumulate for themselves. Now notice the next word, teachers. They replace preaching with teachers. They will replace the authoritative preaching of the Word of God with now wanting to negotiate what the Word of God says. To have some input. They have these itching ears. They have certain things they want to hear. Certain things they don't want to hear. Oh, we don't want to hear that. But we do want to hear this. So they accumulate teachers that will give them what they want. That will provide them with, with what they want to hear. To suit their own passions, their own desires. Um, that will give credence to their lifestyle. That will grant acceptance. That will tell people they are fine just the way they are. They don't need to repent. Uh, they don't need to accept Christ. They don't need forgiveness. There is no hell. <laughs> there is no judgment. Or whatever it is that, that people want to hear. And that's who they will go to. People will determine not only what they want to hear, but they're going to determine for themselves what to believe. For notice what it says at the end of that verse, who will turn away from listening to the truth. Preaching is out of season 
when people no longer accept the Bible as the truth, the Bible as the authoritative word of God. We are in a period of time in the American church when preaching is definitely out of season. It's not held in high regard. In many churches, it's not the focal point of the worship service. When it is preached, it's not preached as the truth. It's preached as a book that is filled with errors, that a book that is dated, a book that is somewhat inconsequential to this world, and a lot of other things are entering in. It is not believed that it is God's breathed word that we looked at last week. There are many evangelicals that don't accept the Bible as being the inspired word of God. No question, if you don't accept the Bible as the word of God, that you're not too interested in hearing it preached. So what's the lesson? This verse teaches us that preaching is not cultural and should never be abandoned. This isn't something that is for 2,000 years ago. This is something that's relevant and, and practical to the day and age in which we live. The word of God is always to be preached. It is always to be proclaimed. It's also always to be delivered in an authoritative manner. It teaches us that preaching will not always be in vogue. So what are we to do? Preach. Preach. Whether people like it or not. Whether people are interested in it or not. Whether people ask for it or not. Whether people reject it or not. Preach the word. That's the answer to the need of the day and age in which we live. Because, as we looked last week, of the sufficiency of the scriptures, the authority of the scriptures, we talked about how the scriptures are self-evidencing. The word of God can make a difference. Preach the word. God is still listening today. God is listening. When people are saying, thus saith the Lord, you better say what the Lord said. You better not change it. You better not alter it. Uh, you better not alter it. The manner in which the word of God is to be preached. Preaching is to demonstrate the relevance of the word of God. Verse 2. Preach the word. Be ready in season, out of season. And now... <clears throat> these words. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. So, reprove or reproof. That word means with conviction. With conviction. And there are two aspects of this conviction. First, preaching should arrive out of the preacher's own conviction. The preacher ought to believe what he preaches. The preacher ought to believe the word of Scripture is the word of God. And then he is to preach in such a way that it brings conviction to others. Calling people to believe. Calling people to accept the word of God. This includes rebuke in verse 2. The word for rebuke is to warn. Preaching should be filled with warning. Warning of failing to believe in Christ. Warning that if you do not know Christ as your Savior, you're going to enter a Christless eternity. Warning about the choices we make in life. 
How they bring joy to our life or misery to our life. How there are consequences to sin. It should be filled with warning. It should be filled with exhortation. Verse 2. And exhort. The word exhortation simply means encouragement. The preacher should be encouraging people of confidence they can have in the word of God. Of how if they commit their lives to Christ that they're going to be acceptable in his sight. Encourage them to make hard and difficult decisions because it's worthwhile. Secondly, the word of God is to be preached in such a way that the preacher is filled with confidence in what he preaches. Notice the end of verse 2. With complete patience in teaching. Patience. Patience. In the book of Isaiah, it says this. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. It describes the word here as a seed. A seed that is planted. You know, when, when you plant a seed, you don't immediately get fruit. You don't immediately see the benefit of having planted that, that seed. You don't find a flower blooming the next day. Or a tree that is full-blown. It takes time. It takes time. That's why the scripture uses the word season. It takes time. People want to see immediate results. And what we're to find out is that preaching has tremendous value over time. The diligent, habitual teaching of the word of God will bring fruit over time will mature the people who sit under that kind of preaching. Will grow them. Will develop them. They will have conviction. They will have understanding. Their lives will have benefited from it. We will see people change direction. We will see sinful practices overcome we will see that the word of God bears fruit. But this says you need patience. Patience to see the work of God fulfilled. Time. One of the great blessings that I have enjoyed in my life that I thank God for regularly. I thank God I've been able to be here for 35 years. And one of the reasons that it's so rewarding is I've seen people come, I've seen people go, and I've seen them come back. And nothing thrills my heart like seeing people come back. People remembering what they had been taught by their Sunday school teachers, 
by people that they have respected. Seeing the word of God bear fruit, that they haven't forgotten the things that they had learned, the decisions they had made, the commitments that they were under. They may have wandered, but they come back. The word of God is effectual. The word of God is powerful. Be patient. Be patient in seeing God work. It is to be preached with confidence, and it is to be preached with teaching at the end of verse 2. The idea there is with instruction. With instruction. Accurate and precise with application. It is to preach the word of God in a relevant manner. I don't like when people talk about making the Bible relevant. We don't make the Bible relevant. The Bible is relevant. What we do is demonstrate its relevance. What we do is show people that it speaks to their needs. It speaks to the issues of the day. And we just have to know the Bible well enough to know where the passages are that speak to the particular issue. And then we're to instruct. We're to teach. We have a a wonderful example of that in the book of Nehemiah. It's the basis of really expository preaching. But it's given to us of Ezra. Ezra was a the, scribe, the, the scripture says Ezra was, was a ready scribe. Uh, he was prepared. He was a good guy. And it goes on to say Ezra was prepared for he sought the law of the Lord to do it and then to teach the statutes in Israel. So Nehemiah stands up, uh, excuse me, uh, Ezra stands up to speak in the book of Nehemiah. And it says this, Nehemiah 8.8, 8, they read from the book of the law. Then it says, making it clear, meaning they explained the text. And then they applied the text, giving the meaning so that people could understand what was being read. That's the actual verse. So let me read you the whole verse. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear, and giving the meaning so that people could understand what was being said. That is expository preaching. Reading the scripture, explaining the scripture so people can understand what it says, and then making the application. This is what we're to do in light of what we just heard. This is how we're to live, this is how we respond, this is what we're to believe, this is what we're to do. This is how we implement what the word of God says. Good preaching accomplishes four things. First, good preaching causes people to respect and revere the word of God. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 5, it says this, Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people stood up. Doesn't mean we always have to stand as the word of God is read or preached, but the idea was they revered the word of God. The preacher should not draw attention to himself. The preacher is to draw attention to the word. And the word is the word of God. 
and it should grant confidence in the people. This book is like no other. This book is to be valued. This book is to be respected. This book is to be followed. Good, people, good preaching should lead people to understand the text. It's important that people don't just follow the preacher, but they follow the scriptures. That we demonstrate that what we said comes from the Bible. Don't take my word for it, but look in the text. It's why we cite the verse. It's why we read the verse. To say, this is where it comes from. Good preaching should lead people to apply the text. And then lastly, good preaching should lead people to maturity in handling the text. Paul says to Timothy, Commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It should raise people up that can then study the scripture for themselves. It should be a model. As we sit under the preaching of the word of God, we ought to learn how to study it for ourselves. We, we ought to see how it's done. We ought to benefit from it so that we're not dependent upon the preacher all the time to understand the scriptures, but we go to the Bible ourselves and we read it and it makes sense and we're able to apply it. Conclusion. First, let us remain committed to the preaching of God's word. And what I mean by that is, number one, may it always be the focal point of the worship service. In many avenues, worship has become synonymous with singing. Let us worship the Lord means let us sing. We need to understand the focal point of the worship service is the preaching of the word of God. That's what God told us to do. Preach the word. We must always see the greatest responsibility of the preaching pastor is to preach the word. Guard the preaching of the word so that the preacher has time to preach, that the person has time to prepare. There are a lot of other good things, such as in Acts chapter 6, when the widows were neglected. That was a legitimate need. But the apostles said, but we're not going to do that. We're going to find somebody else to do that. We're going to give ourselves to the preaching and teaching of the word of God. We live in a complex day. I'm thankful we have a staff. I'm thankful we have, we have people to help with many different areas of, of uh, the work. Thankful for Pastor Brandt. I'm thankful for Pastor Cruz. I'm thankful because one of the biggest things they do is provide for me opportunity to study and to preach. Guard the preaching of the word. Third, we must always want the word of God to be preached. Don't let a preacher preach anything other than the word of God. 
That becomes the elder's responsibility. That becomes then the congregation's responsibility. In the book of Jeremiah, God says, I will give them the shepherds they desire. In the book of Jeremiah, there's going to be a paucity of the word of God, meaning that there's going to be a dearth, there's going to be a drought of the word of God. There's a drought in some areas because people are getting what they want. People are getting what they deserve. They don't want to hear the preaching of the word of God. Fine. They're not going to get it. So I hope that this congregation will always want the word of God to be preached and won't settle for anything but the scriptures to be the focal point of a message. Preach the word. Be diligent in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts will they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. But thou remainest faithful. I'll get into the next verses next week. Preach the word. Let us pray. Our Father, we would pray. And Lord, we are, we are thankful that you are raising up preachers and that there are even those within our own congregation who desire to be preachers of the word of God. Lord, uh, it thrills our heart and we know that you will always have a people. Just as your word will prevail unto every generation, so there will be a mouthpiece for every generation for that word. Lord, uh, I pray for the young men in our, our church who, who want to be preachers. Guard them and keep them in their own thinking. Prepare them so they're ready, so that they know the word of God, so that they love the word of God, and that they will proclaim the word of God. Help us as a church. We live in a day and age when there are so many voices calling to us, so many different distractions, deterrence, so many good things that can be done. Lord, help us to, to value the Word of God, the, the preaching of the Scriptures, that we don't go off into other avenues and, and get uh, carried away with, yes, some very good things. But may they never replace, but always complement the preaching of the Word of God. And Lord, uh, guard our own hearts and minds so that we want to hear the Word, that that we don't want to simply have our ears tickled. That we are willing to be rebuked, that we're willing to be corrected. That we're willing to listen to some hard and difficult things. That we're willing to be challenged about our own faith, our own commitment. That, Lord, we will work our way through some difficult passages that are not easy to understand. And maybe not the most exciting thing in the world to hear. But Lord, that we are willing to sit under the whole counsel of God. Listening to every verse, every word. Realizing it is your word. And delighting that you have revealed yourself to us in this word. So bless us this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.